in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. Law enforcement is just working so hard and it just seems like every time you get one dealer off the street, you, you got three more taking their place. For more than a year, Hayes CISD has dealt with a serious problem of students overdosing on fentanyl. Good morning, I'm Tom Miller. We just received some new numbers from the district's chief of safety and security comes as the new school year begins today. In total, 35 students overdose on fentanyl since May of 2022, 35, six students died. The district had to administer Narcan to eight students who overdose on campus and 21 more Hay CISD students overdose off campus. This past summer, the district's chief of safety and security saying two students overdose. School district held assemblies at the end of the school year last year to warn students of the dangers of fentanyl. Right now, the district is pushing education on fentanyl overdoses. Schools have posters talking about the problem there. There are special presentations with families who lost a child to fentanyl. And the district is also working on a video series with students who had to go through rehab or had to be saved with Narcan. It's even working with student leaders to create peer-to-peer -peer engagement. And this same information is being shared with parents since most overdoses happen outside of school. We try during the school day to do the best we can and, and keep those kids under our radar. But when they leave the, the school building, it then becomes the responsibility of our community, our parents, their friends, their family to recognize it and take action. There are some positive developments. This past school year, the district found there were less overdoses from students who were first-time users. However, there are still issues with kids who have opioid addictions. That chief of safety and security saying we could still see overdoses continue this year. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Well, good Tuesday morning. We start with a live look outside, taking you up to Granite Shoals. Our Whittlesea Landscape Supplies weather camera showing quiet conditions, dry skies from top to bottom. Temperatures in the upper 70s to low 80s for the majority of us. 80 as we start our Tuesday in Bastrop, but 84 here in the city of Austin. That matches Marble Falls. 77 up there in San Saba, 76 even in Lampasas. And they've been pulling some of the warmest temperatures, I should say, for this time of day for the last several weeks. So what's the deal? Well, we're going to see some cooler air filtering in behind that weak cold front we were telling you about yesterday. Already starting to see that drop in temperatures in San Saba County down by seven degrees. Now, I don't think we're going to see as pronounced of a cool down this afternoon, but hey, every little bit counts, right? We start in the low 80s and we finish with a high of 103. For perspective, we hit 106 yesterday in Austin. So losing about three degrees off those highs. It will still be hot and we're going to see dry skies across the board here, but it is going to be just, you know, a, a slight cool down and it's not even going to last very long. So I wouldn't get too excited about this yet. Got no zone action day. And in fact, today we're going to talk about what that means and what you can do to help and an increase in temperatures as well as a jump in fire danger later this week. We'll talk about all those things, fill you in on the details before uh, those factors start to creep up on us coming up in just a few minutes. But also want to give you a heads up right now. If you live in the city of Boston, here's your warning. Today we move into stage two water restrictions. So starting this evening, a few new rules. Automatic and hose and watering can only 
only be done one day a week and only after 7 p.m. Now, if you wash your car at home, you can only use an auto shut-off valve or a bucket. Restaurants may only serve water upon request, and breaking any of these restrictions could result in an up to $1,000 fine for each violation. If you want to head over to kegsan.com, you can check what restrictions are in place in your area. Also this, today we will get an update on Austin and Travis County's response to the ongoing extreme heat and wildfire threat. City and county leaders will provide the update along with wildfire safety and readiness plans. Thank you, Kristen. A pair of Austin ISD campuses should expect a cooler day in class today. Principal of the Liberal Arts and Sciences Academy, Lhasa, says the school started off with some AC issues. Principal sending parents a letter saying that the crews worked overnight installing a new compressor for one of the chillers on campus. That's the part that broke yesterday. One parent telling us that his daughter has medical issues and said only a couple of classrooms had AC. In the morning, my daughter said the, the classrooms were stifling. They were, you know, over 90 degrees. Uh, to the point where she said one of her teachers actually picked up a, a leaf blower and was blowing it at the kids. It's one way of doing things. The first day of school also started off hot for students at McCallum High School. The main air conditioner wasn't working yesterday. Austin ISD operation says it is now back on for most classes. However, we last heard that the chillers for the theater and art spaces are still down. Travis County Judge is going to hold a hearing today on a lawsuit filed by Texas families and medical providers. Both groups want this judge to block a bill known as SB 14. It bans gender-affirming procedures for minors. They argue the law set to take effect September 1st is unconstitutional, and they say it violates parental rights and discriminates against transgender teens. Baylor University is getting a religious exemption from a sexual harassment lawsuit. This is according to our media partners at the Texas Tribune. Last month, the Christian University in Waco asked the Department of Education to dismiss complaints made by students, LGBTQ plus students, filing a Title IX discrimination complaint, in one case claiming homophobic harassment. Title IX is a law that prohibits discrimination based on sex. The university argued the claims were inconsistent with the university's religious beliefs. That includes its stance against same-sex relationships. In 2016, the federal government investigated this university, Baylor, over allegations that it didn't address claims of sexual violence involving allegations against football players. The head football coach and university president were ousted in the fallout. What is next for former President Donald Trump following his now fourth indictment? And this morning we're learning about some of the heroes in Lahaina following the wildfire that so far has taken 99 lives from the island of Maui. Good morning, a live look outside from our Granite Shoals weather camera showing clear skies out there as we kick off this Tuesday morning. It is toasty, 84 degrees. An Atlanta grand jury indicted former President Donald Trump and 18 others. This is the case focused on Trump's effort to reverse the results of the 2020 election in Georgia. It's the fourth criminal case brought against the former president. The second this month, alleging he tried to interfere with the results of the vote. Other defendants include Trump's former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows 
and lawyers Rudy Giuliani and John Eastman. It is a 98-page indictment listing 41 criminal counts in all. Unlike Trump's three previous court appearances, this entire process in Georgia could play out on live television. State law allows for cameras in the courtroom with a judge's approval. How Austin ISD is working to comply with a new state law on campus security. As many districts are heading back to school this week. We're also looking at some tips we have for you before you share pictures of your kids online. Texas Rangers back home. Astros hit the road. We'll catch up on that AL West race coming up. Good morning. Live look outside from Round Rock. I-35 is flowing. We're going to have a traffic update for you in about 15 minutes as we kick off this Tuesday morning here on KXAN News Today. We are being asked to comply with bad law that will throw us out of balance. As students at Austin ISD return to school this week, district leaders spoke about the challenges of complying with a new state law. Austin ISD police say that the district is going to need 109 officers in order to get an officer on every campus along with supervisors and support staff. KXAN investigator Kelly Wiley reports that Austin ISD officials project this state mandate will cost millions even with state funding. As school buses take off and parents drop their little ones off for the first day. Leaders are still trying to figure out how to comply with the state's newest safety regulations. House Bill 3 sets new minimum safety standards for school buildings, requires employees get mental health training, and mandates school districts put an armed officer or employee on every campus by September 1st. Austin ISD says it will cost the district more than $9 million and will require them to find and train more than 100 new officers. Post-COVID, it's always been this challenging for every, we're not the only police department that's struggling to, to find people. So this is an unfunded mandate? Yes. Okay, thank you. AISD officials say the state funding formula will provide the district $2.5 million for school safety, not even half the projected cost. At a recent school board meeting, trustees did not say they'd be in full compliance by September 1st. I would fully expect that we move with all deliberate speed, which is to say that we're hiring folks with the right disposition, that we in no ways sacrifice any of our training. Del Valle ISD School Board also expressed similar concerns about maintaining the standard and quality of the officers that they hire. There is an option for school districts to submit what's called a good cause exemption, but that would mean districts need to come up with an alternative plan. In Austin, Kelly Wiley, KXAN News. Well, school started for a lot of students. If you still find yourself buying last-minute supplies, you are not alone. A lot of parents are still gathering their items. Nearly 6 in 10 think school supplies have become more expensive. Survey of about 2,000 millennial-age parents found many think that their kids need more items now than when they went to school themselves. Many say tech gadgets are essential and that that adds to the overall cost. The most important items here a smartphone, laptop, desktop computer, also a webcam, headphones, and a printer. Uh, smartphone? Yeah, I don't, 
I mean, like, what grade does that start? You know, <laughs> because for my mom, it started question. like in high school. Right. You I know? know. I know. I my five year old has asked for a phone, what? and I'm like, buddy, you're not even close. Don't even <laughs> let the you're thought not even close. drift into yes. your brain. I didn't even get like a smartphone, Same. smartphone till like college. Yeah. When, when I was in high yeah. school, it was like all it did was call mom. You that's know, right. like you could do nothing right. else. All right, times have changed, that's for sure. Let me show you what's going on outside. Round Rock, I've got a live look from Whittlesea Landscape Supplies. Wet the camera there, looking around at I-35. Temperatures are going to be cooler up in the northwest this morning, but I would say for most of us, that cool down kicks in later today. Now. Technically, yes, temperatures are sliding down a few degrees off the thermometer, but it's not going to be cool. Let's get that straight, right? Because unfortunately, given the time of year, given how weak this cold front is as it moves through, we're not expecting a major swing in temperatures. But this time of year, I mean, it will take any sort of change we can get. And right now, that's probably going to leave us close to a forecast high of 103. So about three to five degrees cooler than what you felt yesterday. And even that little difference, pulls us out of the territory of excessive heat warnings and for most of us heat advisories. The exception to that is we still have a heat advisory for Caldwell in Fayette County. That's mainly because that cold front as it uh, continues to sink south, we still have a little bit of moisture pooling down there across our southern county. So your humidity playing with those hot temperatures or bringing feels like temperatures potentially up to about 110. But the rest of us should see temperatures come down a couple of degrees and we should see that humidity drop pretty noticeably. So our air temperatures are going to match those heat indices for most. Now we're still expected to get above 100 degrees. So yesterday Today was our 54th day for the year of triple digit temperatures. Today will be 55, getting closer and closer to what we saw last year, and that was 68 days total. We've got at least another seven in the forecast here. One thing to uh, really stress today, this is different than what we've had over the last couple of weeks. Today we have an air quality alert. It's an ozone action day for I-35 corridor counties, Bastrop and Caldwell. Basically, we've got ground level ozone a little higher today compared to what we've seen recently, and we want to make sure we're doing our part. So if you can, pack a lunch, go into work, carpool when you can, uh, walk to wherever you're going to go. Maybe that's walking to uh, the bus stop and meeting the kids after their second day of school for some of us. But today is that ozone action day. You'll notice the temperatures do get hotter after today. So unfortunately, that little bit of cool down we're seeing today doesn't last. Back up to 107, 108 Thursday. And then we're going to continue with those triple digit temperatures through the weekend and beyond. Thank you, Kristen. At least 99 people are dead, close to 1,000 still missing on Maui. This tragedy overwhelming, still unfolding. But this morning, we're also learning about some of the heroes, including one of the first medics to make it to Lahaina. Jay Gray shares this extraordinary story of that journey. As the firestorm pushes through Lahaina, survivors scramble to escape while first responders rush to find a way in. It was just important to get, you know, first aid out there. See With roads happen. blocked, a team of medics, including Jacqueline Ingram, chart a different course. Decided that no, we're actually going to go by boat. Rushing to this marina where a private boat owner loads the group in their gear, speeding through choppy waters but unable to reach the shoreline. The medics at that point deciding to jump in. Rolling up the pants, tucking the shoes, um, had a life jacket, my medical response bag, and then just uh, I said, okay, we go to shore, and they're like, well, you get to the waves, and then you get on the ski. 
volunteers on jet skis shuttling them to the beach where she's told they're the first medical team to reach the area. So we're like, we need a chair, uh, maybe a table. And then from there, kind of like people started to know, okay, this is going to be our medical services area. They stay for days with support from partners stretching a lifeline from the mainland. Our team arrived accompanying about 2,000 pounds of medicines and medical supplies for the affected communities here. The nonprofit Direct Relief delivering everything from aspirin to critical prescriptions like insulin. You know, folks have, you know, lost everything and, and it's, you know, uh, we're trying to play our part and help them um, find comfort and normality amongst all of this. Comfort and care they'll need for a long time here. Jay Gray, NBC News, Maui. Thousands of Central Texans will not have to travel as far to get world-class cancer treatment. The governor and the University of Texas announcing a partnership yesterday between UT and MD Anderson Cancer Center. The estimated $2.5 billion construction project set to be built where the Frank Irwin Center currently stands. They say it's gonna consist of two new hospitals, one state-of-the-art UT specialty hospital, and another led by MD Anderson Cancer Center, bringing with it 150 inpatient beds and more than 230 outpatient exam rooms. MD Anderson says in 2020, more than 5,000 people who live in Austin went to receive treatment at its Houston hospital. One Central Texas woman says she's excited that one day she won't have to make that drive. Having the ability to just be able to go to an appointment and come home and not worry about having to schedule around my work or schedule around the kid, pick up or drop off, it would be so fantastic and it would make life so much easier. Officials say they hope to get the UT Medical Center completed in five years and anticipate the project will add four to 5,000 jobs. Digging deeper here into cancer survival rates, state health experts say the number of cancer survivors in Texas is increasing. One of the reasons is because cancers are being caught earlier, treatment is improving. State Danish data showing prostate and female breast cancer survivors make up about 40% of the survivors. What we're seeing here is some witness video. This is the first time we've seen that boat crash in Lake Austin into the shoreline over the weekend. Authorities say that teenager on board here is still missing. Four people went to the hospital, two others receiving treatment on site. Firefighters say the crash happened after a boat went over the wake of another boat and lost control. We talked to a witness, James Wood, an attorney who saw it happen. It was just ghastly and it, um, it took us by surprise. And in fact, one of my friends who is on board with me also works in personal injury and we were all shocked. First responders didn't say if the passengers were wearing life jackets. Austin police say a multi-agency response operation is underway with a primary focus on finding that missing person. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Hi, good morning to you. We continue to watch that AL West race. Astros and Rangers battling it out. Rangers back home. Astros hit the road. We begin in Arlington. Rangers opening up a series with a two-and-a-half game lead over the Strohs against L.A. Angels. Marcus Semien makes it two to nothing. And then from there, Max Scherzer says, I got gotcha. you. Strikes out Shohei Otani in his first two at-bats. Scherzer, how about seven innings, 11 strikeouts, allows just one hit. He's allowed one earned run 
since that three-run first inning in his first outing with the Rangers, and oh, he had plenty of offense. Adolis Garcia, 30th home run. Rangers cruise 12 to nothing. Earlier in the evening in Miami, Astros and Marlins. It's a tight ball game in the second inning. From Valdez to Brian De La Cruz and Kyle Tucker tracks it down. Nice running catch. Still a one-run game. And then the wheels come off for the Astros. Jorge Salar, a laser home run, 3-1. to one. Next batter is Luis Arise, and he crushes one to right off that big cylinder out there. And then they change pitchers to the Astros. Marlins keep the same results. Josh Bell back to back to back. So Miami takes the first game of that series. That means the Rangers lead is now three and a half games. We are moving closer to high school football. One week from Thursday, we've got the Taco Shack Bowl over on KBVO Anderson and McCallum from House Park. Back to you. For those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, thanks for hanging out with us. Here's what else we're tracking in our next hour. We are live in Round Rock ISD. Sally Hernandez is out there looking into the district's way that it's going to pay teachers more money and how taxpayers are going to fund it. Thanks for joining KXAN News Today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.